Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thanks for making us a part of your Thursday. I'm hanging out up here in Ogden. Love coming up north. Uh, 770 West Riverdale Road. I'm at Wasatch Front Kia, Kia, Kia. But it is the Kertrubus Automotive Team a Memorial Day Stimulus Tent Event. And it's going on here as well as at 1234 North Main Street in Layton. And it's going on today, tomorrow, Saturday, and Monday. Zero percent interest for 72 months and uh, no payments for six months. So great deals, great opportunity to get yourself into a new or used vehicle. You uh, you taking uh, the uh, Lotus out for a drive lately, uh, Gordon? No, have not. But uh, I've been meaning to. Get that out and going uh, 120 down the freeway again? Come on. What's the mm. fastest you've ever gone on the freeway? Oh. Mm. Uh, pretty fast. <laughs> you had to I did think it about resp- it that long and then you I did, I did it. I did it responsibly. <laughs> Uh, I got, and then complained it. about the ticket you got, right? No, I got out. I got out on an open stretch one time and decided to see what she'd do. And she did. <laughs> well, give us a figure, man. Come on. Oh, it you're was... not going to get a. Uh, uh, you know, the statute of limitations is over. I'm sure you're not going to get a ticket in the mail. Uh, I may have doubled the legal amount. Wow! Wait, what part of the? Is this where it's eighty miles an hour? Like, are you going one hundred and sixty miles an hour on the freeway? <laughs> it was in a stretch of a highway in America where nobody is, or nobody was that day. That'll and hold up in court. One hundred and sixty <laughs> miles an hour. No, wow. it wasn't. I didn't. That fast. I didn't know that. Uh, is she? Was she street legal, Gordon? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. It ran on plutonium. <laughs> did it? Yeah. Did you travel through time? I'll tell you though, when you get up to a certain level of speed, every every five miles an hour faster is um, is like a whole new adventure. So, I would recommend that anybody who wants to drive fast like that go to a track somewhere. Uh, Gordon, we're we're hoping to talk to David Locke uh, coming up here momentarily, but before we do, I've I've got an answer to a question you and I posed, and you actually posed it in column form last week, and something that we really overlooked. Um, we talked about the eleven game conference schedule, and why would that make any sense if you can play eleven, play twelve, and yeah. you might as well play your non conference games. Mm-hmm. Well, in that article that we talked about earlier today about the finances of college football and what's at stake, let me read this paragraph to you because this is something we absolutely should have thought of. Uh, it says, a season involving only conference foes was, would also, also would save bigger schools money in terms of payouts to smaller schools they typically owe for having them travel to campus. But the loss of those kinds of payments for smaller schools such as Georgia Southern would be significant. So we overlooked that in a cost-cutting measure 
because that that is going to be an issue regardless, especially no fans in the stands, all those sorts of things, that that's why they would want to play 11 conference games. So they would not be paying those additional teams to play. Yeah, but that's... I, I was surprised okay, so, didn't think of that. So how does that work inside of a conference? How what What's the split? Does there, is there any split? Well, I would guess that they would drive more revenue, but the point is, is you're not paying uh, Montana State half a million dollars to come down and play Rice Eccles. Yeah, but you're, you're still saving s- five hundred grand. Are you really saving all of that, or is it just a different uh, percentage of distribution? I think you're saving it. Well, anyway, well, let's let's get back to it a little all later right. on. But that that stood out to me given the conversations uh, that we've had over the past couple of weeks. All right, uh, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online store availability. Of course, he is the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, and his interview is brought to you by our friends at Murdoch Hyundai. During the month of May, get 0% APR for 84 months, plus no payments until January 2021 on the new 2020 Hyundai Elantra or Tucson. Murdoch Hyundai in Linden and Murray. He is David Locke with us here on The Big Show. Hi, David. How are you? I want an update on what you were just talking about college football. I, 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 am, I am so fascinated. I think it's you know somewhat survival. But I'm so fascinated by all the return to play and how we're going to do this. And, like, I'm just I'm mesmerized by it. The one that's one of the most interesting things to me, and I, I can't say who, but I was talking to an athletic director that I've known since, you know, when he was he and I worked around the same time in about 90. We're really old. So about 93 and 4 and 5 and 6, we all worked around the same place together. And I was talking to him recently, and he was saying that he's a, a like a non-major Division One school, maybe even a one AA. I don't actually know how they rank or whatever FBS or whatever it's called. And you know their athletic department just can't exist without the ticket revenue of his school. So there's these schools that like Alabama and Tennessee and. You know, SEC and Utah, they're frankly dependent on the TV revenue to a large amount and making sure that we get games in. But then there's these other schools like the University of Delaware and these schools that we don't really think of. They're completely dependent on the on the uh, game receipts to keep their entire athletic department going. It's, it's a huge, like, I don't know what they're going to do. Well, it's it's really complicated and, and changes school for school. What Gordon and I were talking about is is universities are already in cost-saving mode because for obvious reasons. And uh, Clay Helton, a couple of weeks ago, had said that they had explored playing an 11-game conference schedule and getting rid of the non-conference. And Gordon and I both said, well, if you're going to play 11, might as well play 12. That doesn't make any sense and just do it as usual but uh we were talking about how the the payouts to these smaller schools to come and play that might be where they save money don't pay montana state half a million dollars to come play and just play a conference game instead do they lose money on a half a billion dollars well they would if there are no fans in the stands and no one wants to put it on tv certainly right no question no question like if you're if you're not if you're not playing, you don't have the fans coming, you're lo- then you're right. Um, but you know what? Like, that's to the point. Like, Montana State's a great example of what I'm talking about in this kind of type of school I was just discussing. Montana State's entire athletic department runs off that half a million dollar payout. Yep. 
Yeah, so I mean, they're left to battle it out for themselves. The economic ramifications on so many levels, and and I have to tell you, I find myself a little bit more sympathetic to like the University of Montana and Montana State that like have actually just been running this thing the old-fashioned way instead of being so dependent of the TV dollar, and now they're the ones that are going to get just hammered by this because they can't get the ticket receipts. I, I, that, somehow that, to me, feels... I know it's not as significant to the fan, and it does it, you know, maybe to Weber State, right? We're really talking about there. Somehow, to me, that feels more, I don't know, unjust or gives twinges at my heart a little bit more than... You know, for Alabama and Auburn and Tennessee, you know, like I, I, I don't have a lot of sympathy there. David, what are you thinking of the latest uh, ideas about the NBA play resuming in Orlando? Uh, so, is there new news? I've been driving all day today. Um, so, I, if there's new news today, I don't know it. Um, I know that Orlando and Vegas are both being talked about. Um, I think the MLS is heading to Orlando, from what I've heard. I've heard the NHL is heading to Columbus and Vegas, um, from what I've been heard on that. So, you know, everyone's fun. What, the Women's Professional Soccer League's coming to Salt Lake City, right? Um, so I think everybody's finding their location. Um, it certainly feels like I heard the NHL expects June 1 to have group workouts. It feels to me as though I don't know this from anyone, but it feels to me that the NHL and the NBA are mirroring each other. So if the NHL is doing group workouts, and what they mean, what they described from what I heard on the NHL end of things was that it's you know three to five players together at one time, and then those three to five players will work out together for two weeks or so, so that your team is divided into these groups to prevent massive contacts amongst the group, and then eventually you go to full workouts. Um, you know, if that's the case, then I would suspect the NBA follows. I've, I've just heard that on the NHL end of things. He's David Locke with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. David, your uh, reaction to the news that uh, Boyan Bogdanovich not going to be back uh, regardless of how this uh, season concludes? You know, it's, it was, it's interesting. I, I hadn't really thought about the ramifications of, like, this pushback to injury rehab. There's so many players that are, you know, playing out the season knowing they have an injury that has to get dealt with in the offseason. Boyan was certainly, you know, on that level. We had, Boyan and I had talked about this multiple times throughout the year, the wrist injury that he was dealing with and how he was handling it, um, how much it was bothering him and affecting him. And you'd watch him some nights. He would be moving it around a lot. Sometimes when it happened very early in the season, he re-aggravated it multiple times throughout the year. But he, he, it happened – uh, I think it actually may have happened in the first 10 games of the year, the first time, shortly after his ankle injury. And, you know, what ends up happening is, one is with the time off, it still hurts, specifically in this case. And so he suddenly realized that it had, something had to be done. But the other thing that happens is, you know, since you don't really know, there's a certain point of rehab, right? You kind of know, well, if our season ends in May and we're not starting again until October, well, I can go get it done. Right now you just don't know the answers to those questions. So at some point, you have to go get things taken care of so that you're ready for the known thing, which is the 2021 season. And it's certainly, from a basketball standpoint, the optimistic approach I had toward, you know, try, we're all asking who has the advantage, who has the disadvantage. Um, I was on a call with Matthew Delvadova, and he pointed out he thinks shooting's going to be really, really 
bad early in the league in the year when we come back to action, and the, those teams that have good shooting will have a huge advantage. And I thought, you know, we're the best shooting team in the league. So it's like, wow, there's a, you know, that's a big advantage. Well, we're not, you know, Boyan's a huge part of us being the best shooting team in the league. David, I'm interested in your opinion on a sort of a moral question when it comes down to restarting sports and the public health. Uh, these are the kinds of things that, are, that I've always thought that you think deeply about. What do you make of the situation now? And Jake and I have been going back and forth on it time and time again. The economic uh, and financial ramifications of a lack of sports uh, measured against the, the the public health and the risk to the players, to coaches, to those who are necessary to put a game on. Where are you in that? I mean, where, where, do, where do you where do you draw the line between that, and how do you balance those two things, those two concerns? I mean, it's, I, I probably have, I mean it's so it's an incredible conversation. Um, I don't ever wish to be a sports talk show host again, but this would be one of those topics that if, you know, if done correctly, as you guys have, and you guys have done, I got to tip my hat again to 1280, uh, 97.5. You guys have been amazing during this without sports and the high quality content you continually put out and entertaining and thoughtful content um, has been amazing. So, um, you know, I'm not envious to have to do your job right now, but I do find this to be one of the more interesting discussions. I've said this a few times to people, and I said it early before we got into this whole, before the political world divided this conversation into a nasty, unproductive conversation. Um, I, I would love to be alive in 2040 uh, and maybe 2050 as a college student with a brilliant ethics professor and study 2020. I mean, I think it's incredible. I really think that if you could have an intelligent intelligent conversation without, you know, talking about imaginary drugs because one of your supporters, you know, is the one who profits off of it and talk about something without having masks become a political statement, like actually have a intelligent conversation about this. It is one of the most fascinating discussions that I've societally that I've ever seen. And when 2020 is studied with more knowledge than we have right now in an ethics class, it would be amazing. But I could write an essay for that class with probably eight to 12 different, you know, thesis statements of what I think is right and or at least be able to prove uh, what I think is right. And so it's an incredible conversation. Um, I do think you could write a really interesting paper in regards to athletes playing in the COVID era and NFL athletes playing in the concussion era. So neither, I think, has enough information to know what they're doing. And both of them have the individual right to make money while putting themselves at risk. And then what is the league's right and responsibility to protecting those athletes in that realm? Um, is a pretty interesting triangle conversation. David Locke is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. David, does it surprise you that uh, everybody outside of Michael Jordan seems to be grumpy about how they were portrayed in that docuseries? <laughs> you, you mean Michael Jordan, who has evidently has like two, fr- three friends in his whole life? His driver, his father, and his security guard? 
and no one else likes him? Like, that's no. I'm not particularly surprised. <laughs> I didn't think you would be. What did you think about the conclusion? I don't know. So, um, you know, so I have to be really nice to him. Which is, for those who get that, is he went to the same college my kid's going to go to. So, like, I'm immediately, you know, a homer. Um, I thought there were He's missing that documentary, and maybe that's because Jordan had too much control over it. But, like, there isn't really, again, another great discussion here about, like, the cost of winning and how important a title is and what you do to get it. And, you know, like, for it's great that Jordan's this much of a jerk and he can win and we think he's all right, but so is Chris Paul, evidently, from all reports, and he hasn't won. And instead, he's actually destroyed a bunch of franchises along the way. So, like, which is it? Like, it's it's okay if your talent allows it? Or is it actually just not all right, but Jordan was so great he got away with it, which is a little bit of where I stem on this. What was never answered is why. Why is he like that? That, to me, that's the piece of that I was left very, very empty of any explanation and really open admission to this personality that was Jordan. Like, at some point when every episode's about, he made my list, well, why do you have a list? And what is it about you? And where does this come from? And what, step, what created that? And then, really, because maybe it was so controlled by Jordan, like, any discussion of, like, is it worth it? Like, was it worth it? And I think Jordan would say it's worth it, but look at Jordan. Like, Jordan today doesn't seem like, I don't know. Like, I'd probably rather be a fairly decent person with maybe less rings and have some existence at 50-some-odd years old that makes me feel that didn't look like a guy that has a lot going on today that engages him and makes him happy and has him working with people. So, I don't know. It's a really interesting conversation. But I thought that was – that I was left a little empty, frankly, as – um, and maybe as a jazz fan, it was frankly I was actually surprised how painful it was to watch it again. It had not been p- painful to me. You knew the outcome. I lived through it. I was the pre-halftime and post-game show host of the network when this was all going on, and you know we had Jim Rome there, and we had all the heydays and the great moments, and uh, and I, you know, and the shot to be there for the shot was incredible. And you realized at the time you were watching, you know, maybe the only time in the history of sport that the greatest play in your sports history is also made by your greatest player. Like, that's not actually happened in any other sport. And you realize the magnitude of the moment, but it was super painful. I was surprised how much, as a Jazz fan, that pain came back. You know, there's just, as Gordon can attest to, there just were so many plays in both those series in so many different games than the ones that are talked about where that series, both those series could have swung. And it, it's just a testament to how difficult it is to win a championship and also how, frankly, close the Bulls were to not winning some of those championships. And it leaves you just, oh, oh, God. Tony Kukoc back to oh. <laughs> Kukoc was the softest player in the NBA. How did he get an offensive rebound tip out off a missed free throw? <laughs> You know, David, the the only answer I, that I got out of the uh, series of episodes was 
was uh, when it was mentioned that Jordan, his father at one point when he was young, made a comment about how his brother would do something better than than Michael had done. And so there was a sort of a hint there that he was really driven to prove uh, to his dad that uh, he was worthy of his love, uh, I guess. But why doesn't Jordan have any human compassion? Yeah. Like, the only emotional moments you see about Jordan are about his own personal pain. Right? Like, like even when Will Perdue and Judd Bushler talked about how strange it was to see him crying after he won the first title, after whatever, crying after he won the first title, and, and then his reaction also to his dad's death. But those are actually his own, those aren't compassion toward anybody else. That's all just about himself. Like, that's no outside understanding of feel for another human. You know, David, or at I least remember- it's represented. I remember having a conversation with, with John Wooden himself in a hotel in downtown Salt Lake City. It was just me and him in his hotel room, and we were sitting there, and I was talking to him about competition and the rewards of competition. And he said something that I'll never forget. He said that one of the benefits of competing in a manner that is noble is it eventually will lead to great self-satisfaction and peace of mind. In the case of Jordan, I don't sense much peace of mind. Do you? Not if bloodshot eyes are an indicator. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that the truth? Hmm. Oh, did we lose David? I think we did. I think we might have lost David. Yeah, I thought that during the whole docu-series. Get that guy some Visine stat. <laughs> I mean, just you know, just a couple of drops to clear that right up. Uh, thanks, to Dave Locke, maybe, for joining us. Maybe it's a cigar smoke. I don't know. I don't either. But his eyes were bloodshot during that whole thing. Uh, thanks to David. We were nearing the end anyway. Sorry to lose him, but uh, Locke always solid, and we appreciate him jumping on with us. We'll uh, get some thoughts on that. We have the drop of the day coming up next as well. We are live. At Wasatch Front Kia, 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 770 West Riverdale Road in Ogden. We're here as part of the Katrubus Automotive Team Memorial Stimulus Tent Sale Event. Going on now through Memorial Day here at Wasatch Front Kia, 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 as well as in Layton at 1234 North Main in Layton. Over 600 cars, 0% interest for 72 months. No payments for the first six months. It is the best time to buy a car, and this is the place to do it they're doing all the safety precautions to take care of their listeners uh they're having uh, you can have your own tent so you can safely social distance your own car concierge they're cleaning all the cars they're cleaning in between customers they're doing everything to make sure that you feel safe during your car buying experience check it out again two locations 770 west riverdale road here in ogden and one two three four north main in layton we'll have more big show coming up next 97.5 and 1280 the zone utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show this is the big show with gordon monson and jake scott sponsored by mountain america credit union guiding members forward for over 80 years on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network if you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? 
good times for a change See the look I've had can make a good man turn back Time for sounds of various clips here on the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, also known as Drop of the Day. I am live from Wasatch Front, Kia, 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 770 West Riverdale Road right here in Ogden. Come see me. One of two locations for the Katrubus Automotive Team Stimulus Tent Event for Memorial Day going on today, tomorrow, Saturday, and Monday here, as well as 1234 North Main in Layton. So make sure and take advantage of it. You ready for the drop of the day today, Gordo? Yeah, let's do it. All right, this is one of our favorites. I can't believe it's taken us this long to play it. Here is former Utah offensive coordinator Dave Christensen. However, this was in he was the head coach at Wyoming, right, Austin? Am I remembering that right? That's right, yes. Back hey, in the head 2012, coach, I want to say. Yeah, this is a while ago. He's the head coach of Wyoming. And uh, he, he had, remember, Gordon, the, the kind of the go-fast, go-hard offense. Dave liked to play at a, a quick pace. And he believed that uh, Air Force was faking injuries so that it would slow the game down and had a confrontation with Troy Calhoun after the game. <laughs> I like the woo in the middle of there for some reason. Where he, where he woos and his daughter in the background is like, Dad, knock it off. What are you doing? That yeah, is so that amazing. Not, he was pretty exercised there, wouldn't you say? <laughs> Show some ethics, Troy. Mr. Howdy Doody. Stop! Oh, get your fly boy! Howdy Doody? The woo. <laughs> the woo is just incredible. Oh man, I'll tell you what that dude—that dude was one of a kind. We found that out when he was here in Utah. Intense would be a word to use. I mean, I can understand getting uh, getting angry on occasion uh, as a coach. That's flying off the cliff there. Can, can, yeah, you, can I, I ask a question as someone who was not around when the Howdy Doody show was on? What was that? Uh, did he look like someone on the show? Uh, Howdy Doody was this kind of freckle-faced kind of just uh, dude on uh, on the show. It, it wasn't a compliment. Let's see it that oh, way. Oh, okay. I'm looking at Howdy Doody right now, and hold on. Let me let me Google Troy how Calhoun would you do, how would you? to see if there's much of a resemblance here. Uh, I'm going to go with no. I don't think Troy Calhoun looks like Howdy Doody. He's a puppet. Doody. Yeah, he's a puppet. Yeah, it is a puppet. I knew that. I've never seen the show, but I knew it was a puppet. So this was just bad trash talk, Mister Howdy Doody. Yes, yeah, it was. It, but it was, but but you don't just call anybody Howdy Doody. Yeah, right. Look at you, Mister Howdy Doody. <laughs> oh, you got what me. It, what? What's the implication there, Gordon? Isn't like Howdy Doody? I mean, isn't it kind of? I don't know. What's he implying there with that? I, I think uh, he's implying to some extent. Uh, some some two facedness, kind of you you portray yourself as kind of uh, a, a certain way, 
but you're really something different. Oh, what? Uh, Howdy Doody was two faced. No, but Howdy Doody was this uh, kind of uh, I don't know how to describe it. Kind of a uh, a, a character that was uh, good, oh, kind of oh. good, almost naive, kind of uh, fresh faced. Uh, you know that kind of. Image. He is terrifying, is what Mr. Howdy Doody is. <laughs> My gosh, that's nightmarish. <laughs> that's horrendous. Don't uh, I, I get why Dave was mad, though. I mean, you got to behave yourself, but come on, faking an injury to get some sort of competitive advantage, that's the lowest of the low, right? Well, I don't know if it's the lowest of the low, but it's not exactly... It's not a good look. I mean, it's Kinda not like... murder. You're right, but... Well, kind of like you teach your offensive line to just go out there and end careers. That's not so good either. No. (laughs) (laughs) That is so bad, it is comical. Oh, it's hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Right down to the daughter restraining him. Dad, stop it. (laughs) No integrity. Stop. No integrity. Stop. Leave it to a daughter to tell you to stop. Uh, No. Who who do you think looks like Howdy Doody? If anybody you could think of, I remember. Anybody. Didn't everybody used to say Keith Van Horn looked like Howdy Doody? Did they? I was no, thinking I don't maybe see that. maybe David Letterman. I don't okay, see that either. See. Looks like the Mad Magazine kid to me. I don't. He does yeah, look like the yeah, Mad Magazine kid. Uh-huh. Yeah. What was that? What was that dude's name again? Oh man, I, know, but I should know this. Maybe a little. Uh, maybe a little Opie, Ron Howard, a little bit here. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What was the Mad Magazine guy's name? It was not sure. Yeah, what uh, was Alfred. Alfred Newman. Yeah, okay, that's it. Alfred E. Newman. Is that it? Yep. Yep, that's it. Yep. Mm, all right. Okay, coming up next, we have our final segment because we've got Doc Talk taking over at the top of the six o'clock hour, followed by. The Movie Zone with Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot. We'll talk about all that and more coming up right around the corner. I'm live at Wasatch Front Kia, 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 770 West Riverdale Road right here in Ogden. Uh, We're here getting the word out about the big tent sale this weekend for Memorial Day. It's the Katrubus Auto Team Stimulus Memorial Day tent tent sale here uh, as well as in Layton at 1234 North Main Street. We'll have more Big Show coming up right around the corner. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 of the Zone, hanging out live, Wasatch Front, Kia, 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 770 West Riverdale Road right here in Ogden. Come on by and see me. It's the Katrubus Auto Team Memorial Stimulus Tent Sale all weekend long. Take advantage of it. Uh, 0% interest for 72 months, as well as no payments for the first six months. It's a heck of a time to buy a new or used vehicle, and they have over 600 of them at two locations here in Ogden or at 1234 North Main in Layton. Make sure you take advantage of it going on this weekend. They've taken precautions to make things safe. They're cleaning in between customers. They're sanitizing cars. They're spreading out. Each customer can have their individual tent. They're making it safe for you. So take advantage of it uh, with Katrubus all weekend long. Uh, Gordon, we started this conversation a little bit before David jumped in. We talked about uh, why uh, the Pac-12 would go to 11 conference games, what would motivate them to do uh, to do that. 
And I noticed in that ESPN piece today about costs, about how maybe they would do that because they want to save the money on paying non-conference teams to play them. And uh, the the paragraph was this, a season involving only conference foes would uh, save bigger schools money in terms of payouts to smaller schools they typically owe for having them travel to campus. So in theory, if Utah were playing Montana State, have uh, 500 grand, that would be half a million dollars Utah would save if they did not play Montana State and played instead a conference team. Yeah, but if you played an uneven number of games, all of them in conference, then half the teams in your conference are getting one fewer home game. And so it seems like you're, it's sort of sixes, really. It doesn't really save much. Get one fewer home game. That's no different than what it usually is. No, because Utah can schedule seven home games and have uh, teams like Montana State coming in to play at Rice Eccles. True, true. But you yeah, have to they pay, pay out. Yeah, I get they pay, they pay out more, but they're also profiting greatly from that home game. Uh, they are. In, in this case, uh, they wouldn't, though. I mean, if you had to play Montana State with no fans in the stands, that's half a million to them, and you're not making any money because nobody wants to put that game on TV. Uh, it would still be televised. You guys like uh, well, yeah, what, what, but what, I mean, okay. But what about conference, what about non-conference games like BYU, Utah, or USC, Notre Dame? But well, those are different because you're not paying them to come play, right? So they wouldn't fall into this circumstance. We talked about conceptually so, so overall which, why which, they would do that, and this plays into it. But which non-conference games do you have to pay your opponent, and which ones don't you? It depends on the contract. I mean, Utah and BYU, they've just got the kind of home-and-home thing going where it's you keep the revenue from your game, we'll keep it from ours. Um, Is that what the contract says? I, I was unaware uh, of that. I'm fairly certain it does. But The, the I mean, road I guess team can... gets no money from playing that game? That's basically how it works across college football. That's why hmm. the teams are so desperate, or not desperate, but like home-and-homes. Because they want an opportunity well, to, you want a home and home with Michigan, so you can make money off having Michigan in your okay, building. Then, then, then those games are no different than conference games, right? Uh, correct, correct. That's not, but that's not the majority of non-conference games for most of these P five teams. Hmm. Well, uh, okay. I mean, Alabama's not going on the road to play anybody. If they go anywhere, they're playing on a neutral field. But, but I guess the luxury of scheduling winners is not the priority now. The priority is saving money. You know, you didn't mind paying somebody a million dollars. If you're Alabama, you don't mind paying a school a million dollars to come in and take an L because it's an embarrassment of riches. And it's, it's like you heating your house with $50 bills. You do it because you can. <laughs> now, uh, you know, budget is an issue. I, I, and so it's less about a winnable game and more about saving money. I think it's always about winnable games. I, I, I don't think that just goes away. It's just not the priority anymore. They want to play the games and save the money. I, I still think it's sixes in some regards, depending upon who your non-conference opponent is, depending upon what that contract looks like, and depending upon how many home games you have or don't have. Right? Well, I suppose. But that would be a motivation to play 11 conference games that I don't think either one of us was considering at the time. Because um, it really doesn't um, make any sense. Unless, that unless makes sense. Unless you're one of the teams in the league that only gets uh, five home games instead of six. Yeah, well, 
I'd rather have six home games next year anyway when I could put people in the stands. <laughs> it was only a I, I, My impression was that when they were discussing it, it was only for a one-year thing. It wasn't yes, like they were setting I, some sort of precedent. I think you're right. But see, in, in one year, this is when we're talking about. They've got to save all the money they possibly can this year. If, you know, I'm knocking on wood here, but if we can get back to normal uh, next year, then all of a sudden you don't, you know, things can go back to normal. You don't have to worry about it. This year you're worried about budget shortfalls for all the reasons that we were talking about. You're trying to protect every nickel you can, and you can't exactly wait for it to even out in the wash, you know? I'm not sure that Alabama is really all that worried about it. Okay, so bad example, but you know what I mean. I mean, Utah State plays a money game every year, right? So instead of Michigan State giving Utah State a million to go, Michigan State will just save that million bucks. I'm going to have to dig into this a little more and see. I'd, I'd be curious to know uh, how, how money is, is dispersed uh, within certain conferences. Is it all the same? Like you said, some non-conference foes are different than others. I, that would be an interesting study, I think. It would be. And, and some cost more than others, too, right? But usually when you see home-and-home agreements, no money is changing hands because you each get a home game. That's why we see BYU do a lot of home-home neutral because then you can split the gate on the neutral site or split it however you see fit. Maybe it's not 50-50, but, you know, maybe when when BYU – who have they done a home-home neutral with? Arizona? So you get a home and home, you get your, you each get your gate and your home game, and then you split the game in Phoenix 60-40 Wildcats or whatever. But that's a reason you see him do a lot of that because that, that way BYU gets its games and uh, a school like Arizona gets a, a financial incentive to do it. Well, if you have a – you, uh, you, you used to hear a lot of complaints about two-for-ones. Two for but if you're playing a, a marquee program – uh, it seems like if you were going to reap that kind of benefit financially, that teams wouldn't really complain much about two-for-ones. Well, two-for-one, you're giving them two home games. So in BYU's case, you know, you're capitalizing Right, but you're also, on... you're also getting paid. Well, it depends on the – I suppose it would yeah. depend on the agreement. I mean, two-for-one yeah. and probably, say... It probably varies from opponent to opponent. And, but anyway, something to think about. And it matters, you know, how much clout you have. Uh, you know, BYU putting a bunch of butts in road stands, that probably gives them more wiggle room with those schools because you're going to sell tickets. You know, Unless when working you're playing out, a program that's sold out anyway. <laughs> true, but it, it, let's say you're Stanford because uh, you've got um, BYU's taking on Stanford at the end of the year. Is it this year, right? And they have yeah. another one of those games coming up in the next few years. I mean, Stanford probably loves that idea because if BYU plays in Northern California, they're going to sell a bunch of seats. That normally go empty. That normally go empty. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't that, that's the stadium that Stanford has. Didn't they upgrade all that for the Super Bowl one year? It just seems like such a waste to have so many empty seats. We've talked about how Cal is kind of the same way. They spent all that money to expand that stadium. I've been to that stadium since, uh, and it was, uh, yeah, they dumped a lot of money into that. Now they're kind of looking for ways to get out of debt. I've been to that stadium since, too, and that stadium is still a dump. I have no idea what they spent that money on. I was actually really excited to see it after reading about all the work and money they dumped into it, and I got in there. I was like, oh, wow, they did a bad job. <laughs> it's big. 
<laughs> it is big, and it still looks old. How do you do a new renovation and have everything still look old and rickety? Maybe, maybe, maybe they were going for that. Not so much rickety, but just kind of antiqued. Okay, I got you because I went. To, I've been to Camden Yards, right? And you go in, and it's got that old classic feel. You could tell that 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 was what they were aiming for. You go into Cal Stadium, and you're like, no, no, this isn't retro. This is a dump. This is uh, this is not in in good shape and quite ugly. And quite they ugly. they spent their money uh, obviously very poorly. Do you buy that whole story that Babe Ruth's dad had a tavern that used to be in, like, center field at Camden Yards? Or do you think that's just a story? I'd never heard that before. Is that true? Yeah, that's what they say. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, All right. uh, We've got Doc Talk coming up at the top of the 6 o'clock hour. Uh, Hans Olsen's going to be in the house. If, In fact, if we want to line up some calls, we can do that now. 855-340-ZONE. Get to be first in rotation. If you have any questions uh, for the doctor from University of Utah Health, 855-340-ZONE. Following that, at the top of the 7 o'clock hour is the movie zone. Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot. Austin, uh, can do we have a poll question this week? Yeah, our poll question. Uh, we've got a bit of a theme on the show. So the poll question is, name us a movie or two or three that uh, everyone but you seems to find funny. So a movie that everyone thinks is funny except you, and that is because we are reviewing uh, School of Rock from 2003 starring Jack Black. Do you not like School? I love School of Rock. No, I do too, And but it's just Jack Black seems to have a bunch of movies that you either really love or really hate. Okay, all right. I'll, uh, name, I'll, name, I'll name you a couple. Okay. I don't know if it's really... Would you consider the movie Elf a funny movie? Yes. Yes. Didn't like and, it. And uh, Jack Black's Tenacious D partner, uh, Kyle, is in that movie. Yeah, I didn't like it. Why? I don't know. I didn't think Zoolander was funny. Did you? Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's got its spot. I've never really seen Zoolander, actually, I've got to say. But you know, my answer to this would be Napoleon Dynamite. That seems to be a, a big consensus, actually. A lot of, really? Napoleon a lot of people Dynamite, saying that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was funny, but I, I thought it was... Given the proximity of that area and what they were trying to capture, I, 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 I thought uh, I got the humor a little more, and I thought it had a good message at the end. So there's my answer. I'm trying to think if, uh, if, I've, if I've got another one. A funny movie. All right. So uh, you can tweet at Austin Horton. Let him know uh, a movie everyone seems to find funny, but you don't. That's the movie zone coming up at uh, 7 o'clock. Again, we've been live today from Wasatch Front Kia, 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 770 West Riverdale Road here in Ogden. Uh, but it's one of two locations for the Katrubus Automotive Team Memorial Day Stimulus Tent Sale. Uh, 1234 North Main in Layton, 770 West Riverdale Road here in Ogden. Zero percent interest for 72 months plus six months no payment. They have over 600 new and used cars at these two locations, so they've got something for you. They've got the safety uh, standards going. Uh, they, they've got uh, nine individual tents uh, so you can social distance. They have your car concierge. Uh, they're cleaning after every customer. They're sanitizing every car, so they're making sure it's safe for you so make sure you take advantage of it uh gordo you have yourself a fantastic evening i'll talk to you tomorrow for a friday show all right i'll look forward to it and everybody stick around listen to doc talk and listen to uh, austin give his uh, various thoughts on all kinds of movies
All right, if you've got questions for the doc, line them up now, 855-340-ZONE. That's 855-340-ZONE. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. I knew that was about the end of it. So long, farewell, I'll be here saying goodnight. I hate goodbyes. This thing is over! That'll do, baby.